0: After weeks of planning, I've decided to launch the first episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. During the podcast, I had the pleasure to interview Wes Moss, who is the vice president of undergraduate education at Florida International University, as well as the director at large for strategic communication within N4A. The podcast covers the impact of mentorship, what it takes to have a remarkable relationship as both the mentee and mentor, and what it means to create a legacy through being a mentor. Now, without further ado, welcome to the Jack of All Trades podcast. The Jack of All Trades podcast. I have a very special guest on the show, Wes Moss, who is the assistant vice president of undergraduate education at Florida International University. And I would love to let the listeners face know that Wes has been a tremendous asset to my career as a mentor and it's been a real pleasure of getting to know him over the past year. So to start with, Wes, would you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself?
1: Jack, absolutely. I can't thank you enough for, for having me on your first podcast. Uh, I know this has been an ambition for you, and it's been you know, something that is exciting to watch from, uh, from afar, just seeing uh, all the great things that you're doing uh, and, and the impact that you're going to have on the organization and the membership as well as, uh, people outside of our membership who are looking at us, kind of wondering what it is that we do. Uh, my name is Wesley Moss. I'm currently the assistant vice president at Florida International University. Uh, I've been extremely fortunate to have worked in higher education, specifically dealing with student athletes and academic support for the past 18 years. Uh, currently working at FIU. We've been here for about four years now and uh, loving the sunny Miami weather.
0: Fantastic. So to get going, on the show, we're going to talk about mentorship and kind of the impact of how that plays within one's career. This is, you know, coming from a mentor relationship as well as a mentee side. And one of the quotes that I would love to state is success isn't about who you know, success is about who you help. And that is a key role in everybody's career. When we have busy schedules, especially working in in collegiate athletics, coming down from, you know, meeting with student athletes, having stop-ins, going to meetings with coaches, and everything else that it goes into the day-to-day of your daily duties and responsibilities. But one of the key things is, you know, helping others realize who they are and understanding themselves as well as elevating them. So to begin with, I would love to ask Wes why he thinks people should have mentors.
1: I think that's a great question, and I really hope that uh, this podcast gets the attention that it rightfully deserves, not only because it's your first podcast and you're, you're extending yourself out there and doing things that maybe some other people haven't considered doing yet, but because of the importance of the topic of mentoring and being a mentor or providing mentorship, uh, to the next generation of people that are that are following our footsteps or, or people in our own, you know, similar positions that are looking for a little guidance. Uh, I think we should have mentors because life experiences are a little bit different than classroom experiences. Uh, and the things that you're going to learn on the job, doing the job, or just in life in general, uh, there are a ton of lessons there that can positively impact someone else. And, and you never know who you're going to be able to positively impact Uh, unless you you reach out a hand and try and help those uh, that are looking for guidance and are looking for a different angle maybe to approach a a certain subset or an issue that they might be facing. Uh, I know it's a difficult thing to do, especially with our busy schedules uh, and everything else that we're trying to accomplish, Uh, but to, to serve others and to be a mentor is an extremely positive experience, and it's something that I really hope you consider.
0: I couldn't agree more with that. I know it comes down from, you know, Realizing what it takes and the time it takes, but if people want to, you know, progress within this industry as well as stay young for those that get to serve as mentors, this is a key factor in that. And one of the things that, you know, I kind of want to state is you can't ask others for more than what you are willing to give. To what you want to accomplish so if you're going to have a mentor mentee relationship what's really key is the fact that you need to be able to put in the work yourself as a mentee as well as a mentor and that's what separates the average from the great the next question is I know that education plays such a key role in our careers within higher education what do you think people can learn from mentors that they might not learn in school? Based off of how you stated that, you know, there's the thing called life, and sometimes you need the right puzzle pieces to fit
1: that. Well, I think that um, there there's a ton of things that you're going to learn in life that you won't learn in a textbook, or, or maybe you learn them, uh, you just learn them in a different way or a different capacity. Uh, you know, it's a reason why that most universities employ internship or externship opportunities. It's the, the idea that you need the hands-on training. Uh, you you need the classroom work, but you also need to be able to get out there in the environment and, and try these things that you really want to do. You know, situational learning is so important in, in what we're trying to accomplish. And so you can learn a million things from, from mentors that you can't learn in the classroom, from personal experiences to uh, historical experiences and what to do or what not to do in certain situations. Um, And so having that person, though, that you can reach out to uh, to gain more information or insight, whether it's during positive times or, you know, maybe even some difficult times, you know, the classroom experience gets you prepared for that opportunity for experimental learning and exponential learning, but having a mentor, someone who's lived it, who's done it, who's experienced it, uh, will give you that additional edge to be able to put you in positions to where you, you'll be able to see things from a different viewpoint, uh, and it'll help you in your career more than you can know. Fantastic.
0: And I couldn't agree more with that statement as well. I know that, you know, one of the key factors of, you know, getting to know you is accelerating my own career growth and really pursuing greatness in a whole nother way that isn't taught within the school system one of the things that i'm a firm believer of is that the school system is really just the application of theory while actually going out and experiencing it from a first-hand experience really allows you to in instill and equip yourself with the tools needed to really thrive within society um And then, you know, one of the also key things is when you are talking about, you know, finding mentors as a young professional and we're not, let's say there aren't any external, um, externships or internships available, what are some of the ways that you would advise young professionals to be able to find mentors?
1: Well, I think the the first way and probably the easiest way uh, and the easiest advice I can give is just call me. Uh, my phone number is 307-223-6429. Uh, if I can be of any help to you in any way, uh, whether it's putting you in connection with people in the community, uh, reaching out on your behalf, answering questions that you might have, the easiest thing that I can do is just be a resource for you. But for, for you know, whether it's the membership, people looking to get into our field, um, just students in general, uh, look at your national organizations, NACTA, uh, NACADA, M4A, whatever it might be. Uh, look to the uh, the national conventions. Uh, most of the time around those types of setups and, and experiences you're going to have, mentoring opportunities or a call for mentors uh, to where you can reach out and build those brands. Um, one of the things I would strongly encourage you to do, uh, and I know it's something that a lot of people talk about, but actually putting it into practice is cutting out or carving out an hour to an hour and a half of your time each week, putting it on a schedule, on a calendar, not just I'll get to it when I can, but scheduling an hour to an hour and a half each week to really build your personal brand. And as part of that, it's, you know, creating a mentorship network, creating a network for yourself, you know, getting on free apps like LinkedIn, um, the social media sites that are they're working towards a more of a career uh, formatted approach, portfolio. Um, I would start spending an hour to an hour and a half on those networks, Really looking at the universities or the career field that you want to be in and specific universities that you would want to work for and work with, and start targeting those people that you want to work with. Reach out to them, you know, friend them, send them an invitation, and start trying to build a relationship to where if there are uh, mentoring opportunities that are available to you through those platforms, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, become available to you. But it's going to take you starting that initiative to reach out and try and extend the olive branch and get people interested in you as well.
0: Right. You're not going to be able to seek help when people don't know that you want the help. So really just break out of your comfort zone. And I think a lot of people are too afraid and stuck up in their feelings and their ego to ask for help. But when you look back at it, since we do work in athletics, A lot of the greats have mentors in order to reach their own level of success. Since you work at the uh, Florida International University in Miami, one of the key relationships that I would like to pinpoint just for our audience is the relationship between LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. LeBron James, when he was in the Cleveland Cavaliers, before he went to Miami, he knew how to win, but he didn't know how to, you know, win and excel one of the things that Dwayne Wade was able to teach him was you know how to unlock that extra potential within himself so that he so that he could unleash that and win multiple championships and that is you know one of the many stories of how being a young professional and seeking out mentors can really assist you within your own career um and, you know, once you do communicate with them and you get on LinkedIn and you go through Nakata, um, N4A, how would you advise the young professionals to be in communication with their mentors?
1: Well, I think this is going to be a little difficult. And you know, one of the things that I've taken an emphasis on and really devoted a lot of my attention to outside of the office has been communication itself. Uh, on the trends in communication, uh, especially how technology uh, positively or negatively impacts communication, depending on which way you want to look at it. Uh, But every relationship is going to be unique. Uh, And depending on, you know, who your mentor is or even how you communicate, it depends on your availability and your structure. I want to go back to something, Jack, that you said earlier, and I think it is key here to this conversation. You have to be able – if you're getting into this relationship of mentoring or mentorship or being a mentee, you have to be able to give yourself. You can't be in a situation where you're expecting everyone to work around your schedule um, or, you know, expecting them to do everything for you. You have to be an active participant, as a participant in this relationship. Uh, so it's figuring out what the communication style is for your mentee or your mentor, uh, being available, um, and, more importantly, being willing to kind of step outside of your own comfort zone depending on which side you're in. You know, if you're a mentee and your mentor is, you know, full with meetings from 9 to 5, and so the only time they can reach out to you is lunchtime on Saturday, is it still important to you to have that phone call at lunchtime on Saturday, or is it only during the times that you're free during the week? And if you're the mentor in a mentee relationship, you might have a lot of things going on outside in your professional, your personal life, but you have to understand the impact or the potential impact that you could have on this mentee and you need to set aside these times in your busy schedule to make sure that they feel important, recognized, uh, and that they're getting the feedback and the relationship that they deserve in the relationship as well. Right.
0: And, you know, one of the things that I've learned from a very young age is that when somebody greater than you in, in their career wants to assist you, then it doesn't matter when you're available, it matters when they are available, and you try to rearrange your schedule to best fit the need that a mentor actually is able to provide you and serve them in a way that they want to help you instead of just expecting it to happen regardless. So kind of taking a personal journey back you've been in the industry for 18 years helped you career during your journey and what impact do you think that they have had in in your success
1: but i'll restate something you said again uh, because i think you're dead on no one gets to this point in their career by themselves uh, the, the people that are successful in this field, uh, in any field, you're gonna have a, a group around you that are supportive, uh, informative that you can bounce ideas off of. Uh, and so I've been extremely blessed. I, I wanna point out a couple of people. Uh, the first being, uh, my academic advisor at Newberry College, uh, a man named Fred Green. Um, if you know anything about my story, uh, my background, I was a, um, a student athlete that uh, as your typical student-athlete, I was highly unprepared for the collegiate setting, uh, first-generation and college student, low-income family. Uh, I get to college, have no idea what I'm doing except I'm there on a football scholarship. Uh, and unlike the major universities surrounding us um, in, the, in the Power Five that have all these incredible support functions built in uh, to assist students from day one uh, through graduation, uh, tiny Newberry College in Newberry, South Carolina, uh, did not have these uh, same programming uh, formats. So Fred Green's a guy that uh, took an interest in me very early in my career. He's uh, currently working at Troy University. I believe he's still there, faculty athletic rep. So anyone at Troy, he got a good one. Um, but Fred just helped me understand uh, my potential academically. He took the time to so get to know me, uh, helped me understand the, the the way a university works and how to prepare myself each day academically. Um, obviously, my parents are incredible people in my life, and, and without them, uh, their support and the things that they've been able to do to help me, uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at. But I think you got to look at our own, um, our own association. Uh, I spoke to our, our, our first-year members this year at the, the National Convention, um, and one of the things that I talked to them about um, uh, was, you know, my, my, my process and how I've gotten here. Uh, but then I was extremely blessed to be able to speak to the uh, the PDI class this year um, and, and just give them a little bit of, of context about what I do, how I got here, and, and how much of an impact PDI played in my life. So in terms of a mentoring process, um, the Kim Duran, Joe Lucky, Gene Boyd, uh, uh, there's too many to even mention. But I remember going through PDI, and it was a time in my career where I was at a crossroads and trying to decide if this was a field I wanted to stay in or if I wanted to branch out and try something new and just through the mentorship and the relationships uh, with, you know, those guys at the national convention just convinced me that no matter what, this was my passion, this is what I wanted to do. And they just helped me find my, my love for this field again. Uh, and without them, I definitely wouldn't be here today. Right. And to
0: follow up off of that, you mentioned the process that, you you that you like to utilize that you presented on to for to first year members at the national convention for those of us that couldn't attend that convention, can you give us a brief description on what that process is
1: so in terms of the, the process uh, and, and what I see is our field it' a student centered approach um, the relationship needs to be fifty one forty nine uh every day all day, which means Uh, I give more than I take Uh, and and just trying to be a servant leader and and try and provide a positive experience to everyone that we touch. Uh, But the process is to build an objective-based directed study. uh, So each student comes in and you get to know them and where they're at academically, their goals, uh, their desires, where they want to be in four or five years. And we just put resources around them to the best of our abilities to put them in a place to be successful. Uh, And overall that they have a good experience. Um, Where our process becomes important to me, uh, and that I like to talk about a lot with with people that are new to our field, uh, here at FIU, like, we, we make it a, a daily approach that we want to invest in our staff uh, every day, uh, that we want to make sure that they understand that our environment is different in terms of how we provide support for our staff and flex scheduling uh, and giving them opportunities for for, uh, for professional growth as well as continued education in, in the ways that they want it, to search it out and find it, uh, but to, to really instill upon them uh, that our office is not the, you know, the traditional workplace. We're not a nine-to-five shop. We're a modern office, uh, which means you don't need to be tied to your desk every day. We want to give them the freedom to go out and, you know, catch a workout in the afternoon and uh, or go to practices or travel with their teams. And we want to do everything we can to make sure that the relationships between our staff and our students is as strong as possible. And by investing in our staff and giving them the time to, to regroup and refresh and, Uh, and and get motivated each day, you know, they can bring that same energy back to our student population.
0: And those are some things that I kind of want to pinpoint is one of them is in order to really be successful and have a great legacy, you need to be able to be a servant leader as well as give more than you take because you are – not remembered for how you act. You are remembered for how you make people feel. So your actions need to match how you want to make people feel and in order to get them to feel great and have the best possible experience that is a large goal at anybody that works in collegiate athletics, you need to be able to give more than you take. And I just want to pride you on that. I know that it must be a true joy to be able to work under you at FIU and all the work that you guys are doing there as well. So to kind of follow up, back to the relationships, what type of value do you think mentees can provide to their mentors? And then on a flip side to that, what type of value do you think mentors can provide to their mentees?
1: So from a mentor-mentee relationship, let's, let's start with mentees and mentors. Uh, and I think that um, I think that mentees don't understand uh, or never really comprehend how much they actually are giving back to their mentor uh, because it's, it's a relationship, like I said, that's mostly 51-49. Um, so I, I made the decision uh, seven years ago that I wanted to start being more of a servant leader, that I wanted to be more – uh, available and accessible to the member, the, to our membership, and, and to be able to give back anything that I could. And that started this relationship with being a mentor each year through N4A. Um, one of the things that I've found in getting into this, I think selfishly I get more out of these relationships because, you know, I could be having a horrible day. We could be dealing with an issue here on campus, something completely unexpected, but then I get the 30 minute phone call with, uh, one of my mentees and I get to hear about their positive experiences or just their, their their youthful joy for being in our field, and, and something that I might have, you know, might have had happen to me 10 years ago is now just happening to them in a positive way. Maybe it's a promotion or a job interview, and just hearing the excitement and the unbridled uh, just enthusiasm for, for what is it is that we do brings me an energy uh, that, um, that I don't think that they would ever comprehend. So the advice to mentees for what value they bring to their mentors is just that day-to-day energy um, in a different perspective, a lot of times we get caught up in our own perspectives or our own point of views, uh, and then when you get that hour, hour and a half uh, each week to really hear the other side, uh, what other people are going through, whether it is positive or negative, it centers you and brings you back. You know, the, the mentor-to-mentee relationship, you know, what value can be brought there, those life experiences, um, the, the experiences that you've had in your past that you might be able to uh, to help someone else see through some clouds into that shining light and what's, what's ahead of them, uh, help them recenter on some of the things they might be going through. Uh, there are things that we deal with every day in life in terms of, you know, salary negotiations and jobs and opportunities. And, you know, the first couple of times you go through it, it can be a really scary and intimidating environment. And to be able to be a mentor and to be able to talk people through those situations uh, to the best of your ability, just, it's, uh, it's a really great experience. Could agree more. And
0: to follow up on that, one of my favorite speakers is
1: Jim Rohn. And one of the
0: key quotes that has been, you know, brought to mass media is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And from the mentee-mentor relationship, what's really key with that is being able to have the vibrancy of a younger professional by speaking with them from a the mentor side. And then on the flip side of the mentee is really just accelerating your own career path because your mentor has gone through things that you've never gone through before, like salary negotiations, like you stated. And one of the key things about that is the fact that you already have a way to manage that effectively and correctly in order to not have to go through the same life lessons or at least minimize those life lessons that might come. And overall, the relationships, just allows you to become a student of the game of life, which in turn allows you to pursue greatness at a whole other level. And that is, you know, one of the overall key points within this podcast and based off of, you know, the amount of times that you've had a mentee and still are, you know, either being mentored or have um, relationships with younger professionals, what are some of the best ways that you have been rewarded or or repaid by your mentees throughout your
1: work experience? Um, I can – I, I'm confident in the fact that, um, that the work is fulfilling, at least from my perspective, from my end. You know, obviously, uh, the mentees might have a different perspective, but uh, the the whole concept of why I got into this was to give without any expectation of payment. So I, I really try and push back on any kind of repayment or anything like that. Um, you know, but the experiences have been the repayment for me to to see people. Uh, that are young in our field, uh, that work their way uh, hard through the process, um, work their way up in the ranks, that are dedicated, uh, you know, just people that work with integrity and, you know, and empathy and see them grow uh, from afar uh, to see some of the, you know, the advice that maybe you've given or the times that you've been there for a difficult situation uh, to see those young professionals uh, work through it in a positive outcome and see them grow and climb the ladder Uh, is definitely all the repayment that I need. And that's,
0: you know, one of the key things that separates those that focus on transactional relationships compared to transformational relationships, and transformational relationships are a huge key to success. From my own personal side, I believe that mentors, have taken the time to invest in you, and as a result, you don't want to let them down, and you have the positive pressure needed to pursue your own goals and aspirations. And, you know, one of the main things just from our own relationship that you stated earlier is when it comes to, you know, reaching out to people on LinkedIn and and connecting with others to grow your own personal advisory board, that has been one of the main lessons that I've been able to have from you. And it's really been able to elevate my own career because a lot of the things that we are doing now at Utah Valley University in regards to our student athlete development program has been as a result from connecting with others at their own respective institutions and taking notes on those conversations and just Um, being intentional and having intent not just having a conversation and not trying to get anything out of it because if you're going to be doing that then you would be wasting your mentor's time and time is the most valuable resource when it comes to it because if you lose money you can always get that money back but you can never get your time back and that's one of the things that people have to realize in this type of relationship So to finish it up, I love to ask three final questions that are selected based off of a menu of questions that I have for the podcast guest. And these are three questions that you selected. So these aren't related specifically to mentors and, and mentees, but They could be if you wanted. So to begin with, what are you most grateful for over the past year?
1: Uh, Easily the thing I'm most grateful for is uh, my family. Uh, I have an amazing wife and two just absolutely adorable kids. Uh, But in the past year, the relationships that uh, I've come into or built or sustained, uh, not only through here at FIU, but through the m 4 a membership and also the NACADA membership, uh, those relationships uh, are things that I cherish and that I hold very dear um, And those relationships over time as they've grown and built uh, and sustained, uh, knowing that it's, a, you know, it's a, a two-way street on providing a service but also obviously receiving a lot of benefit as well. Um, so family first, but then the relationships over time have been easily the things I'm most grateful for.
0: And that's a really key thing for younger professionals is to always have your why, which is usually your family in the forefront and then have everything after because that's truly why people wake up in the morning. And to follow up on that, what is something you believe that everyone else thinks is crazy?
1: Well, I think – um I think that a lot of people approach work from a, a different perspective than I do, right? And, and, it, and it hasn't always been that way. I think people get into this field or any field in general uh, with the idea that I'm, I'm in this field to make money and to you know, provide for myself or my family or to, you know, to, to make some money to go on vacation or, or have an enjoyable life. One of the things that I realized um, about five years ago now was that uh, not only am I extremely passionate about the work that we do, Uh, but it's something that it's sustainable from a a standpoint of I love getting up every day and going to work. Um, I love the hours that I work, and the the thing that I think I believe that everyone else thinks is crazy uh, is that I don't believe in work-life balance, and I know a lot of people do, that you have to have a scale and put work on one side and personal life on the other and try and balance them out. Uh, The thing that I try and do is I bring my work life into my personal life. You know, my family is heavily involved in what I do. Uh, They see what I do. They know what I do. They understand why I do it. But in the same breath, I'm completely unapologetic about, you know, taking off early to go to uh, my daughter's gymnastics meet or that every week I leave um, at least one day early so that I can pick up my daughter from school or or make dinner uh, for the family or do something of that kind of event. Uh, just as I'm extremely excited about bringing my daughters to a, a football game or a basketball game or whatever it might be happening here at FIU, um, i just, I found a way to merge both my personal and professional life together uh, to get the most out of both. And I think that a lot of people still consider it that you have to be one or the other.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't agree more with that. And, you know, some of the things that i found is in order to merge them together and not have To obey by a work life balance, the best ways to do that is through effective communication and having a environment around you that really allows you to foster what's truly important to you and always, you know, have family friendly environment where you work as well as being able to effectively communicate with family members. And your employees, coworkers, employers that I'm going to be taking off a little bit early today because I'm going to my daughter's gymnastics meet. And what's really key about that is understanding that if your employer doesn't quite agree with that concept, then that might not be the best place to work for you because at the end of the day, being a great father, which is what you are, if you follow Wes on Instagram, you would definitely realize that that's what really separates those from the from the rest. And this is, you know, a question that I know that you are a huge Gary V fan, so this is a question that he always asks on the Ask Gary V show: <clears throat> if your phone was connected to everyone. In the world and they could understand your every word, what would you say to them in 60 seconds or less?
1: Uh, I would say that you need to be self-aware, that there are so many things happening in our lives that that are touch points and and that we see every day. Uh, And and there's so many times that we are so blessed in the opportunities that we have and we're just not aware of how blessed we are. Uh, Just take a second and be self-aware of the, the positive things in your life and the people that you that you have around you and take a couple minutes each day to make sure that you're evaluating, Uh, do your goals, meet your ambitions, uh, and does your work ethic match what your goals are, uh, that you're actively working to the things that you want to accomplish. Uh, But self-awareness is so important in what we're trying to do. And the the faster that you can be aware of your surroundings and and who you are, uh, the the faster you can be happy. Couldn't agree more with that. You know, self-discovery is really
0: what, allows us to, you know, pursue what we are truly passionate about. And in order to, you know, have that self-discovery, you just need to be able to practice self-awareness. Do you have any self-awareness
1: exercises that you like to do personally? I do. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. So um, one of the things that I I do, and I do it uh, probably one or two times a year, uh, and people that know me are probably shaking their heads right now, I will randomly text, uh, people that I consider mentors or people that I trust, uh, and just say, hey, uh, tell me three things that you think about me right now. Um, you know, to align myself and to recenter myself because, uh, like anything else, you know, I, I hope this for you, and I say you as in the people that are listening to this, uh, that you're confident in who you are, that, uh, that you're, you're proud of who you are and that, um, you're, you're eager about the, the goals that you have in your life. Um, and when you when you are proud and you are eager and you're ambitious, you know sometimes you know you put the cart before the horse and you can have a misrepresentation of what you actually think is happening or the reality of what is happening. Uh, and so I like to reach out to people that I know will be you know transparent and blatant honest with me. Uh, tell me three things you think about me right now, and and so I can take their perspective and kind of you know bring it back to mine and, and see if I'm doing the things that I believe that I'm doing. Am I? Am I a certain leader? Am am I giving more than I'm taking? Am I available like I say I will be? Uh, And so I try and use the people around me as a a barometer or a measuring stick for, for what I'm actually doing.
0: That's fantastic. And, you know, confidence is really what separates us. It instills that you know what you're doing and that you firmly believe that what you're doing is correct. And I know that from my own personal relationship with you, as well as seeing all the great things that you are doing for your own
1: institution,
0: as well as N4A, that you are truly self-aware, which is a trait that not a lot of people have. I just wanted to give you some acknowledgments and really thank you for, you know, being a great mentor as well as propelling the association board, serving on the executive board, and being in a position of power where you are somewhat the voice of what people see through N4A based off of the time that you spend on the student athlete development Twitter chat, as well as social media, and just really looking to take us into the future and present moment in a way that's never been seen before. And I just wanted to acknowledge you for that before I ask the final question, which has been brought to my attention that the acronym that I've created, VIRTUE, should be part of my own personal brand through several others. And the virtue for me stands for values that inspire the readiness to transform one's own understanding of excellence. And I just wanted to ask you what your own personal definition of virtue was since the Jack of all trades podcast is how to live life with virtue.
1: I think that is extremely clever, uh, the acronym that you have for virtue, and and it's going to trump mine completely. But, I mean, obviously virtue, when you're talking about righteousness, morality, integrity, uh, when I start thinking about virtue, um, and obviously it's not the definition, but it goes back to a statement that you made earlier in our conversation today about legacy and and what is the the virtue or what is my legacy, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. uh, People that are listening to this podcast, five years from now, if you were to Google Wesley Moss, what comes up? Uh, If you were to reach out to someone and say, you know, what was he all about, hopefully, you know, hopefully you get a positive uh, affirmation that, you know, we're trying to give more than we take uh, and that whatever comes up or whatever may happen, uh, we're going to do everything we can uh, to be supportive and and be there uh, for you, for the membership, for people in our field. Uh, So we're going to do it with integrity, we're going to do it with honor, and we're going to do everything we can to be a decent member of this community uh, and to help people in a positive fashion moving forward. That is what it's all about,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Wesley Moss, for being on the podcast. And thank you so much, Wes- Wesley Moss, for being on the podcast.
1: I truly appreciate it, and I look forward to many more. Jack, man, thank you so much uh, for having me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, more important importantly, how proud I am of you. Uh, not just as a mentor but someone who works in the association. Uh, A lot of people talk about actively doing something or planning something or creating something new, knowing that this isn't something that you've been talking about, but you've actually taken the steps to create a platform uh, and to put yourself out there by creating your own podcast uh, is just amazing. Uh, And and a lot of people, you know, get into an environment where maybe they get stuck at work and and things just happen uh, and they don't follow through on uh, on the, the things that I think can help them most in life. Uh so just, you know, thank you for everything that you're doing, whether at work with your student athletes there or even outside uh of the office every day that you spend, you know, planning and preparing and getting better. Uh, knowing that we've got young up and comers like you in the membership, you know, make us work just as just as hard uh to, to keep getting better and keep track and keep pace with you guys. So thank you for everything you're doing and for having me on today.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for the time taken out of your day and I look forward to speaking with you soon.